uh, it has all kinds of helps in there in the very front. Uh, some of you are going to be spending time at Christmas with uh, friends and family and enemies. And uh, that's a good time. Good way to make an enemy a friend is to help them come to know Jesus. So I invite you to take those. You're welcome to. Uh, and we pray that uh, God will use you. I hope that you go out like fishermen, that you have your hook baited and you're an intentional trying to reach out to uh, people. So what is the chief purpose of man? Somebody raise your hand. Yes. To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Say that with me. The chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. God is not grumpy grandpa up there just waiting for somebody to smack with the celestial fly swatter. God created people because He loves people. He created the universe. Because the universe, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament, the, the light, shows His handiwork. Day unto day unto speech, night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech or language. Nowhere in the world is their voice not heard. God has been speaking, is speaking, and will speak. God loves people. And God created us with the ability to choose you know, possums don't get to choose. Crows don't get to choose. But you and I, we get to choose. Uh, we are a superior creation. And we are created. Even the angels are different from us. You know, I see signs on cars of somebody who died and they show a pair of angel wings. You don't become an angel when you die. Uh, you are a child of God. And you go to heaven. And one of these days when Jesus comes back, he will raise up all the bodies that, you know, I, I've heard about people being planted before and I never had thought of that. You know, they'll say, yeah, he got planted. Well, that's, that's pretty biblical. We plant them, God raises them up. Amen. One of these days, somebody told me, said, well, every day above ground's a good day. And I said, I'm always going to be above ground. Because even when I leave this body, I'm going up. I'm not going down. Amen? Because I have faith in Jesus Christ. You were created by God to glorify Him to, and, and enjoy Him forever. That's what God created us for. What does it mean to glorify God? You can write this scripture down. Micah 6, 8. Micah 6, 8. Micah said to, to God, said, God, what do you want from me? Do you want 10,000 rivers of oil? Do you want herds of oxen? God says, he's told you, oh man, what is good. Do justice. Say do justice. Do justice. Now, while you're doing justice, the next one is love, kindness, or mercy. Do justice, love, mercy. Everybody say love, mercy. How many know that sometimes justice would smush them? And you need to show mercy. How many are glad God shows us mercy? Yes. Do justice, love kindness or mercy, and then walk humbly with God. Now, if you watch a baboon on, how many of you have seen baboons on TV? When we're in Africa, when we're talking about pride, we talk about the way a baboon walks. 
You know, that's the way they walk, and they've got that tail curled up, man. They are strutting out there. Don't walk with God like that. Anything that you've got, if you're good looking, God made you good looking. If you're smart, God made you smart. If you're talented, God gave you talent. It is a blessing from Him. Uh, thank Him. Glorify Him. And you uh, enjoy it with Him. So God created you to glorify Him. And walk humbly with Him. But the problem with that is, that who do we want to glorify? Yes, me, myself, and I, especially. And that is the way we're bent. Because the first man, Adam, the Bible says God made Adam. Now, somebody the other day told me that some people think that's just a myth. That Adam was in the garden, that it's written mythically. Well, the Bible says in Romans that by one man, Adam... Sin came into the world and death through sin. That's not a myth. That is the explanation for the way things are. Adam and Eve were given the perfect job. They, they didn't fuss and fight. There was no sin in the world yet. God made man and he made woman to be his friend, his helper. And that means that men, you need help. God himself says so. That's why he made you a helper. Yes. So, I'm glad, and Martha is remarkably right about a lot of things, so I'm glad. I'm glad I got a smart woman. You know, that's a big help to me. Keeps me from minimizing trouble and damage. Amen? Uh, and, and she's glad to be appreciated. And so, and I would appreciate if you all pray for her. We've just had a hard time with Sophie with meltdowns lately. And just as, as you were singing that song, wherever Christy is, uh, you know, as you're, you're singing there, you know, the crushing you know, there comes crushing in our lives. There comes pain in our lives. But God never has meaningless pain in our lives. And as we have that crushing, out of it, he wants to bring uh, wine. Out of it, he wants to bring that which will help other people. And as we go through difficult things that we don't understand, can't control, God is good. And it is well with my soul. And I was just praying with the guys up there. We were joined in praying about some other things, but praying for Martha, praying that God will fill her with the Holy Spirit there at home. She can't bring Sophie here. You know, we had a hard time yesterday and the day before. She said, I'm not taking you out anywhere again. Uh, of course, we were frustrated, but uh, pray for her and pray for us that we know how to care for her because out of this, God has meaning and purpose uh, in, in this. But God created us to glorify him, to enjoy him forever, to walk in doing what is right, being kind as we do what is right and then walking humbly with uh, God. <clears throat> Adam and Eve living in the garden with the perfect friendship. God coming down to talk to them every day. Uh, the, the creation all around them. I mean, incredible creation. How many of you have been scuba diving? Isn't it amazing? Watching fish down there, you can get five feet of water and it's like being in another world. Big eels going around, fish just going along. You know, just the whole... It's not a flock, it's a school. Yes, the whole school of fish. I mean, they, they do amazing things. And all kinds of fish down there. Just that. You watch birds doing amazing things. And, and God created all that. Then you can lay down at night and you can just look up at the stars and see them. In the stars, his handiwork I see. And on the wind, he speaks with majesty. Though he rules over land and sea. Some people say, what's that to me? 
We can celebrate the creation and the almighty power of God. All of it is there. Declaring his majesty. Declaring his power. Declaring his wisdom. And it all functions together. If this world was just a little bit further from the sun, we'd freeze to death. If it was a little bit uh, closer to the moon, the tides would wash over the whole world and drown us all every day. Or we'd have to have rafts every day. You know, uh, I mean, the earth is just the right angle. All kinds of things working together that God created. They can't happen by accident. DNA that's in your body can't be an accident. God created all of that. And Adam and Eve were in the garden, meeting with God every day. Everything's going good. And they believed the lie. Because you see, there was a being called Lucifer. What does Lucifer mean? Shining one, beautiful one. He was created by God. He had, his body was an instrument. And he led, it seems like, as we read the scripture, he led the worship in heaven, leading the worship of God. And the angels praising God and glorifying him and, and marveling at his wisdom and all the things that he was doing in the universe. And Satan thought, because say it, God, you know, it's great if you have a little robot. Hello, Steve. I love you. You're awesome. You know, uh, I tell Sophie, uh, I'll do something for her. I say, thank you, Daddy. She says, thank you, Daddy. I say, you're the best. You're the best. But she doesn't say it with conviction. Uh, but I'm still training her to say it. At least you'll be impressed when you hear it. So, um, you know, but I, I would love it if she said, thank you. And, and could know that. And you're the best. And... I would be the best to her. I would love that if she could say that with knowledge. She can't do that quite. You know, she appreciates when I'm there and, and Martha and that. But God created the angels with the ability to make a choice. And Satan led a third of the angels. Read about it in, in Isaiah and read about it in Revelation 12. And they rebelled against God. He swept a third of them down. He's called the great dragon in Revelation 12. And, and they became twisted beings. They thought they were going to advance themselves. But instead they became twisted beings with hatred towards God. Chaos and hatred amongst themselves. And then under the iron fist of Satan. Forced by him to, to live far away from the brightness and the joy of heaven that they had experienced. Then Satan came into the world and he came to Adam and Eve. And this is the first week of Advent. And we say, why did Jesus come? He came because the first Adam fell for the lie. He took what God said, don't touch the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't touch it, don't eat it. It will bring death into your life. Everything else is yours. You're in charge. Enjoy. Well, Eve is standing there looking at that. And she hears a quiet voice beside her. The smartest animal that God had created was the snake. Now, I don't know if the snake was in rebellion and wanting that Satan lied to the snake. And the snake, snake believed that he could be in charge of everything. But anyway, the snake is there and it says, doesn't that look good? God told you you can't eat any fruit? No, no. God just said, Eve said, God said, we can't eat that one. Oh, why not? He said, oh, oh, he said, the day that we eat that, we'll die. Satan said, no, you won't. How many times have you heard when the Bible says don't and you feel like do, that little voice inside you, everybody else does, everybody else looks fine, I think I'll be okay. You know, I've told you before, a rat-eating rat poison feels like a happy camper. He thinks he's found him a treasure trove, man, he... And he's just eating that. He doesn't know that in just a little while he will die a miserable death. Satan lied. Satan deceived uh, Eve 
and Adam made a willful choice against God. I will be as God, like Satan had said. And suddenly, as he bit that fruit, the glory of God that covered he and he is the way I think it was, disappeared. And they looked at each other and said, oh, we're naked. And they covered up, ran. They tried to hide. They tried to cover up. And they, they were there. And then God came looking for them, not because he was wanting to get on them, but because he loved them. Hey, Adam, Eve, where are y'all? He knew where they were. Finally, Adam says, well, we heard your voice and we hid because we're naked. God said, did you eat of that tree I told you not to? Well, that woman you gave me, what's her name? She gave it to me and I ate. See, two good friends. And now they're already at odds with each other. And he said, well, the, the snake, he tricked me. And God said to the serpent, you know, you are now degraded from what you were. You will slither on your belly. And one of these days, there's coming uh, that serpent, and I will send one who will crush his head. He'll bite him on the heel, but he will crush his head. That's the first promise of the Messiah coming. And all the way down through history, we find uh, that God, the prophecies are there. God had made the angels, the cherubim, the seraphim, the archangels, and they all functioned there, glorifying God and praising him in his presence. Lucifer, the shining one, has now become the slanderer, has now become the devil, has now become the enemy of God. And the only way he can hurt God is to hurt people, to hurt us and to get us to get out of line with God and glorifying him through our life. Uh, he was given the ability to think, to choose, and to lead angels in amazing worship of God, incredible power and glory and wisdom and majesty uh, of God that they were praising. And he tried to have a coup and brought misery into the world. He was jealous of all the glory of God and he slandered God and his creation constantly. And instead of beautiful unity, he brings chaos. Instead of joy, he brings sorrow. Instead of peace, he brings discord. James chapter 3 is anywhere, James chapter 3 says anywhere that you see jealousy and selfish ambition, you can know that the spirit of the evil one is at work in that place. The wisdom from above is pure instead of impure. It's peaceable instead of chaotic and jealous and fighting. It is easy to be entreated. It's willing to show mercy and full of mercy and loving uh, kindness is the way the spirit of God works. So here at Advent, this first week, we're going to talk about uh, prophecy and promises and waiting. Uh, God makes a plan, and this is one of the reasons I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Prophecies made thousands of years in advance, detailed, and come to pass. Nobody else can do that. No other book does that. Prophecies promises, and then waiting on them. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, we were so excited about Christmas. And uh, as I told you all, I grew up on the mission field, and we had the Sears and Roebuck catalog in the outhouse out there. And I would fold over page edges and circle things so that my mom and dad had no question about what it was that I was coveting. I mean, uh, what I was I wanted for Christmas. And uh, so they could look there. That, you know, and we have anticipation. Uh, and, and we long for things. Well, God gives us prophecies. He said, there's going to, he, he told Abraham, 
there's going to come one who uh, will be from your descendants and he will bless the whole world. Abraham couldn't imagine that. He says, I'm 99. Sarah's old. No way we can have a kid. How is that going to happen? But God. Over and over in the Bible, say, but God. But God. You know, if you put God in the equation, things change. change. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created man and woman to bring glory to him and to enjoy him. He was the creator. Uh, the universe, angels, people, and creation were his and for his pleasure. You know, if you cut your finger off and don't get it reconnected quickly, it will rot and you'll never be able to fix it. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they were cut off from the life of God. God had told them, the day that you sin, you will die. Now, some people say, well, well, dying, that just means that uh, death is a separation, so there's a separation between them and God. No, man became an enemy of God, fighting against God, resisting God, and seeking to glorify himself, and seeking to use God. There was a resistance of God. Lucifer, the shining one, became the prince of darkness. Romans 14, 23, you can just write this down, um, says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Whenever you try to operate independently of God, when you were created to operate for Him, if you have a glove and one finger decides it never wants to do what you want, then uh, it, it becomes a useless glove to you. You can't use it. You know, if a ball player in the World Series has a glove that won't close, that's no good to him. He's got to have one that's totally flexible on his hand so that he can do what he needs to do. God created us to glorify Him, to be depending on Him, to be operating and living with Him by faith. And whatever is not of faith, whenever you get independent from God like that, that is sin. James 4.17, James 4.17 says, not doing what we know God wants us to do is sin. So independence from God is sin. Disobeying God is sin. And lawlessness, rebellion against His will is sin. When we don't do what we should or do what we shouldn't, that is sin. And Romans 3.23, you'll find uh, in, on our website, if you go there and you are doing the Advent readings with your family and your children especially, then you'll find Romans 3.23 says, the, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Instead of glorifying God, we have tried to glorify ourselves, satisfy ourselves, and pursue our own will. And whenever we do that, it is sin that will hurt us. God hates sin. Not just because it hurts his feelings that you disobey his little rule. No, sin is a malignant evil that comes in and destroys everything that it touches. When you eat the rat poison, it starts to work inside you. When you splash acid on your shirt, it begins to eat and fabric and it keeps eating and, 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 and has uh, consequences that you can't begin to calculate. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death separation from God now and there is a hell and there is a lake of fire separation from God hell was created for the devil and his angels right not for people 
But if you are going to ally with him, if you're going to be his friend and fight God, be the enemy of God, God says, I cannot let unforgiven people into heaven. That's why Jesus came. There was no other solution for our sin. Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, did not have a sin nature that comes through the man. As by one man, Adam, sin came into the world. Not Eve, through Adam. The first Adam, sin came into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. And you know that because they all sin. Is there anybody here who does not sin? Let me ask your spouse. Uh, <laughs> or your parents in your case. I can ask your parents. Yeah, we all sin. We all sin willfully and we all sin uh, unconsciously at many times and, and are out of line with God. But God sent Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, born without a sin nature. He lived a perfect life. He was tested in all points like as we are, yet he never sinned. The devil himself came after him and, and tempted him in every way that he could and attacked him in every way he could. He never sinned. And because Jesus was God, he's worth more than, listen, when people ask you this, when you're meeting with your friends, when you're meeting with people who don't like you, when you're meeting with people who are criticizing Christianity, when you meet with people who say, I just don't believe that anymore. I've had two young people this year in their 20s, 30s say, well, used to believe all that, but you know, I just have to be honest with you. I don't believe that anymore. Uh, it's good for you if that works for you, but I don't believe that. I don't know the answer, but I'm walking away from that one. I'm walking away from Jesus, walking away from the Bible. I have questions. I say, well, if you've got questions, come and come. We'll give you the answers. Uh, we can find the answers to your questions. But people want to walk away from God. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not... Meat and drink, not certain things that you do and don't eat, and not certain things. It is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the world was full of people who were all righteous, all in peace, and all filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, that's what God wants to happen. That's going to happen. There's going to be a new heaven and an earth where it just dwells righteousness one of these days, but that'll come in the third and fourth week. We'll be talking about that some more. But Satan came into the world, deceived the man. And now 1 John chapter 5 says the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. If you're not a child of God, Ephesians 2 says the spirit that works in you is the spirit of the evil one working in you and deceiving you and leading you astray. Uh, but you can have a new spirit when you surrender to Jesus Christ and say, yes, I know I'm a sinner. I'm not as good as I want to be. And I'm far short of what Jesus is. Oh God, have mercy on me. And when God speaks to your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and in your spirit speaks to you, it gives you the ability to start to see the light. If you'll take that baby step towards God and say, God, if you're really there, please speak to me. I really want to know you. I want you to be the God of my life. I am messing everything up. You take that baby step. God has already taken that giant step to send Jesus into the world, to live here, to die here, raised him from the dead, as we sang. And he rose with a roar, triumphant over death and the grave and the devil. Amen? Amen. 
came up out of the grave. You know, Colossians says that in the King James it says, or New American Standard says disarmed, but another very valid translation of that word, disarmed the principalities and powers, is it stripped from himself the principalities and powers. I like that because that's the way I imagine Jesus. Hell was where we were headed. Jesus took the price that we were going to have to pay. And he not only died, but he went to hell. And then there, after three days, after he left the thief in paradise that had believed in him, he went there, and after three days, now think about this thought. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. I was just thinking about this, that if Jesus spent three days with the weight of all of our sins from Adam all the way to the last man crushing down on him. He, as, as Sam read, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid on him. All of that came down on him. And then he went to hell and sounded the depths of whatever sin had brought into this world, whatever Adam had opened the door to, he sounded the depths of that. And imagine, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who are totally bonded together. Imagine the separation between the Son, bearing all of our sins. You know, uh, those of you who are familiar with cancer, see the effects of chemo on somebody, the effects of radiation coming down to try to kill all the cancer. Jesus took all the sin, all the iniquity, all the evil, all the pride, all the jealousy, all of the murder, all, of, and we could go on and name all the terrible things that have happened, are happening, and are continuing to happen in this world. Took it all in on himself. And then God was pleased to as Sam read, crush him because he had a deeper plan in mind. And as that devastation came down and Jesus went down into hell, he went and preached to the spirits in prison like in the days of Noah and said, this is what Noah was telling you about. Then after three days and in the economy of God, it could seem like 3,000 years, Jesus was able to say, God was able to say, the Holy Spirit was able to say, I'm coming out of here. The price was paid in the economy. Now, if you say, well, that just sounds silly. What's your answer? Where'd we come from? Where are we here? Where are we headed? The Bible has incredible prophecies. The Bible has incredible promises. And we have waited and we have seen so many of them happen. God promised Abraham, I will send one of your seed and in your seed all the earth will be blessed. He sent uh, uh, Moses and Moses prophesied. He sent Jacob and Jacob, he was told he will come, the Messiah will come from the tribe of Judah. And then uh, it came on down and David was told he will be in your lineage. And then Micah was told that, that uh, he would be born in Bethlehem. And then uh, other prophecies that said what he would be like as he came, that there would come somebody before him, John the Baptist. All kinds of prophecies about the coming of Jesus, the life of Jesus, and the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus, all working together in the word of God. 
There is no other book like this. There is no other message like this. This is the good news. I hope that you believe it. I hope that you put your faith in it. Not just so that you can say, well, I know i got to die one of these days. Everybody around me I know uh, has died. And I hope i got it right. Maybe I'll go to heaven. No, 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 no. You can know. You know, lots of people at the hospital I'll say, uh, are you a child of God? Well, I hope so. Where are you going when you die? Well, heaven, I hope. I say, you can know. I have experienced answers to prayer this week. I have experienced the promises of God happening in my life and the life of people around me. And I have found His promises of salvation, the Holy Spirit, and how He changes lives uh, happening in my life. 1 Corinthians 15.45 says uh, that there was the first Adam and then the last Adam. Jesus. The first Adam failed the test. The last Adam passed the test. The book of Isaiah said that there will be a virgin and she will conceive and give birth to a son. Turn with me quickly as we uh, come here to Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Romans 4, 25. Let me just read for you without too much comment. I'm in the New American Standard. Romans 4, 25. He who is delivered up or delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised up because of our justification. God accepted his death and raised him from the dead. Jesus raised himself from the dead. The Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We were under condemnation. We were helpless and hopeless. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into the grace, the undeserved favor of God to us in which we stand. And we exult. We're rejoicing as we sang at the beginning. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Exult in that hope, that firm confidence of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in tribulation. We rejoice in tribulation because God is in control of our whole life and we can trust Him, knowing that tribulation, that squeezing, that pressing is going to bring out the character of Jesus in, in us, bringing about perseverance and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, or firm confidence. Uh, Carlos sings a song that I love. He'll do it again for you. He's the same now as then. You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Verse 5, and hope does not disappoint. Firm confidence in God will not disappoint you because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And so we have the love of God and the love for God and the love of God shining out through us to the people around us. Verse 6, for while we were still helpless, everybody say helpless. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Say ungodly. ungodly. We were helpless. We were ungodly. Verse 7, for one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love for, towards us in that while we were yet sinners, we were helpless, we were ungodly, we were sinners, Christ died for us on purpose. 
Verse 9, much more than having been now justified by his blood. Don't let anybody take away the blood of Jesus Christ from you. The blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And as his blood poured out, he was giving his life for you and for me. And the blood of Jesus is the power that terrifies the devil. His life was given for us. And when you... Uh, Yesterday, somebody was talking about that evil spirits are giving him trouble. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has come. He has defeated Satan. He's risen from the dead. And you pray against the powers of evil spirits in the name of Jesus Christ. The authority of his poured out blood. They have to flee. But don't just get them to flee. Get the Holy Spirit to come in. Amen. Get the Holy Spirit to come in. You know, this person was witnessing to a Muslim and the, the evil spirits are clawing her. Evil spirits are terrifying her. I said, well, you haven't got time to lead her to Christ today, but you're, you're working on that. But let's pray right now. In Jesus' name, the authority of his shed blood, that the evil spirits be driven from that home. But don't leave it empty because Jesus said, if you just run the, the evil spirits off, what will happen? They'll go get seven more and come back and it'll be even worse than it was before. So let's pray the evil spirits out and then let's pray for the... Ask that lady if you can pray for the Holy Spirit to come and live in her house. Now guess what? If the Holy Spirit starts living in her Muslim house, she's liable to start believing in the real Jesus, the Messiah. Amen? So uh, join with me. I, I won't tell you names there, but that's out of our community. But uh, we pray for the Holy Spirit to come in and the Holy Spirit to speak to people's hearts. Verse... 10. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. God was not our enemy. We were God's enemy. God loved Adam. God loved Eve. God had only the best plan for them. And they chose the wrong way. How many of you have chosen the wrong way? All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. You can have forgiveness. You can have cleansing. And then you can have the power of the Holy Spirit to live a new kind of a life. The kind of a life that God wants you to live experiencing him. And not only this, but we exult. Here's that word again. Man, we get excited. Uh, in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received the reconciliation so we're reconciled to God we are restored into a relationship with God we can experience love and joy and peace in our lives verse 12 therefore just as through one man Adam the first Adam sin entered into the world and death through sin so death spread to all men because all have sinned 1 Corinthians 15.45 says Jesus is the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45, you can look there later. But verse 13 of Romans 5. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned. Because Adam had brought death in to the world. He brought sin into the world. And death reigned from Adam until Moses. And then God gave the law to Moses. And all the, the, the law did was show us how much more guilty we are. If you go to the doctor and say, I feel terrible. And, and he feels around and says, oh, there's a bit of a lump there. Then when he turns the x-ray on and looks in there and says, oh my word, there's a tumor in there and it's got tentacles going out. We've got to do something now. Now obviously what you should do is get a stick and hit the doctor, right? I mean, that's rude to say that about you. No, you can be feeling perfectly good. And then the x-ray comes and shows you what's there. That means you've got to deal with it. The law of God has always been there. But now the law came through Moses. And it just showed us how bad we really were. It said, don't covet. And we said, covet, 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 covet. 
don't, don't hate, don't have murder in your heart, but we find that we do. The law of God just revealed sin. Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the transgression, for by the transgression of the one, many died. Adam sinned and brought sin into the world, and ever since then people have been dying. Much more did the grace of God and the gift by grace, by God's kind favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to many. How many of you he has abounded for you? I put my faith in Jesus. He has washed my sins away. I am a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And his spirit is in me. And I am. he is working to make me more and more like Jesus Christ. Verse 16. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For on the one hand, judgment came, arose from one transgression, Adam's transgression, resulting in condemnation. On the other hand, the free gift arose from many people, millions of people, in sin, resulting in justification through uh, faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, for by the transgression of the one, death reigned through one. Much more, those who receive, have you received Jesus, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one, Jesus Christ. So one man brought a flood of sin into the world, but through one man, Jesus, the last Adam, that flood of sin is quenched. The victory of Jesus is in lives. And as we had uh, 60, 70 people in here last night struggling with alcohol, struggling with drugs, but finding that there is a higher power and his name is Jesus that can change your life and, and make a difference in your life. So verse 19, through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, capital O-N-E, Jesus, Many will be made righteous. The reason it doesn't say everyone will be made righteous is because you have a choice. You can say yes to Jesus or you can say no to Jesus. You know, when I asked Martha out on a date, she could say yes or no or wait a while. Thank goodness she said yes. And then I said, you want to go do that again? Yes. And then here we are. Uh, <clears throat> verse 20. The law came in so the transgression would increase. It just showed up. It was the x-ray to show the deadly malignancy in our heart and in our spirit. But where sin increased, God says, oh, I can cover that. Oh, I can cover that. Oh, I can handle that. Don't let the devil lie and tell you you can't be forgiven. He can help, some. He can help you and you. Whoever it is, whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What should we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace can increase? No, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, chapter 6, verse 3, Christ Jesus has been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Um, you can go on and read there. I just want to read to you from Ephesians and then uh, read you uh, words of a song I love and then we'll go home. Ephesians chapter 2. God says looking through his x-ray into your spirit and mine. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. 
into which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, Satan, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. You either have the Holy Spirit or you have that other spirit. You either have the Holy Spirit or you have that other spirit. Which one do you have? Praise God, you can have the Holy Spirit in your life. Verse 3, among them we too, all, all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. In other words, we were sick and dying. We were on death row, waiting death, even as the rest. But God, everybody say, but God. But God, being rich in mercy, justice gives you what you deserve. Mercy doesn't give you what you deserve, and grace gives you what you don't deserve. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, Say great love. Great love. Woo! Great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, if you wonder what we'll be doing in heaven, here it tells you. He might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. He's going to show us a video of Ed. That Ed Jeffrey going along didn't even clue us about God and Jesus. And then along came Jesus and changed his life. There was Sally just up on a ski resort minding her own business. And God invaded her life. And I could go down naming through here. There was Sam, an 18-year-old wrestler for Gimmer High, uh, stomping him and squishing him. But Jesus came into his life and changed him and led him on a new path. I hope that you know him. It's not, uh, for by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I hope that you have given your life to Jesus. I hope that you're living your life to glorify him. That you say, today, what can I do to make you happy, God? What can I do to please you today? Husbands, how can I love my wife? Love my children as God wants me to do. Wives, how can I be subject to my husband? Love my family as God has called me to do. Children, how can I be obedient to my parents as God has called me to do and honor my father and my mother? Brothers and sisters, how can we love one another? How can we reach out with the love of God, praying for the people around us and see God doing something wonderful? Do you have that song there, Jade? There's a place. Ah, oh, good. I love this. Uh, let's just read this together. Uh, we'll read it slowly, and that way you won't get too nervous. There's a place where the streets shine with the glory of the Lamb. There's a way we can go there. We can live there beyond time. Because of you, capital Y it should be, because of you, because of your love, Jesus, because of your blood. No more pain, no more sadness, no more suffering, no more tears. No more sin, no more sickness, no injustice, no more death. There'll be joy everlasting. There will be gladness. There will be peace. There will be wine ever flowing. There's a wedding and there's a feast. All our sins are washed away. Say that louder with me. All our sins are washed away. We can live forever. Now we have this hope because of you. Oh, we'll see you face to face 
will dance together in the city of our God because of you. That song has a, has a great tune to it and real joy, and that song's been in my heart all uh, week long because of you, because of your love, because of your blood. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you just got a bit of religion, if you've just been going to church and you say, it hasn't worked for me, well, I tell you, if it's not working for you, it's because you hadn't done it right. Because Jesus Christ will change you. It's not enough just to say, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. It's not just to say, I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. The devil believes that. He has never surrendered. Have you surrendered to him? Have you said, God, I want to live for your glory, whether it's one day or the rest of my life, I want to live for your glory. Please forgive me of my disobedience. Forgive me of my willfulness. Forgive me of my self-centeredness. I don't want to be self-righteous. I want to trust in Jesus. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others you're calling, please don't pass me by. Let me at the throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others you're calling, please don't pass me by. Jesus left heaven, came down here, lived a perfect life, the God-man died a sinless death, rose again from the dead. His blood is sufficient to save every piece of person of all time. But you have to say yes to Jesus. I hope that you have. For those of us that have, let's not get so busy in the gifts that we forget the giver. Let's not get so busy with the season that we forget the reason for the season. Father, I thank you for so many of my close, close friends here, brothers and sisters in Christ, young and old, rich and poor. But we thank you that in you we have all that we need. You're made unto us wisdom and righteousness and power and sanctification and redemption. Thank you, God. Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. Help each one here. Uh, maybe there's those who have not ever surrendered to you. Pray that they would confess their sins and call on you. And you said anybody will call on you from an honest heart. That you will respond to them. All who call on the name of the Lord will be delivered, will be saved. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for a mom and dad that taught me your word. I pray that we would be careful to read your word now, to study it in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2 and study uh, the, the great uh, miracle that there is that you sent redemption into this world for us. That you want to reconcile us to you. You want to restore us to you and then you want to live and work in and through our lives. We thank you for loving us. Help us to love you and to love Gilmer and to love the people that you bring into our path and experience. And we pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.